only served as the pastor of High Street Community Church. If we could, please put your hands together and welcome Don Ferris. Thank you, brother. Well, good morning. It's, uh, it's really an honor and delight to be here and to celebrate uh, this journey of Advent together as we, as we make our way toward the songs that we just sang this morning, that we can rejoice and celebrate that our Christ has come. Um, Advent in this time of darkness in our culture, um, darkness that we experience oftentimes in our lives, there's a struggle, we, we don't know what's going on. I think one of the most difficult parts of darkness is that it threatens our security, uh, our need to be in control, try to manage, to know, uh, know what the outcomes are and all that other stuff. And uh, so Advent is really, really an important gift, I think, that God gives us to kind of anchor us in this journey. The scripture says, therefore, the Lord himself in Isaiah 7:14 will give you a sign The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, God with us. That's an incredible thing, isn't it? God with us. God with us. The word Adventus in Latin means coming. And it's been an ancient practice of the church to observe Advent as it approaches Christmas Day for celebration, to pause, to prepare our hearts. And what they were doing in rehearsing the story was to go back and look at um, the first coming of Jesus Christ. That's what we celebrate. But it was also in the context for the church throughout the centuries of saying, it's not just Jesus coming 2,000 years ago. What that did was communicate to us that God keeps His Word. God keeps his promise. And so the church looks forward to the second coming, as Paul writes, of our blessed Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so this Advent time is looking back and remembering, but it's also looking forward. But there's another piece, I think, that gets lost sometimes in the translation, and that is Advent is also a time to pause and to ponder, how is Christ wanting to come to me today? How is Christ wanting to come and be birthed in my life today? What is it in my darkness that God wants to manifest himself and say, Here, I am with you. I am with you. And so today I'd like to invite you with me to just explore some of the gifts and invitation of Advent. And to see God, to see yourself, and to see maybe your circumstances through the new set of Advent lenses. And then to pause, to pause to consider what is it that you're longing for today, this season, this time in your life. Of all the times and the places that God could have chosen to be born or to come into our world, why did he choose the dark of night in human history? It was a horrible time. And why would he come In the dead of night, instead of in the daytime when everyone's asleep. And then why would he choose to be born in a cave that was there created for animals? 
One time I had the opportunity to go to a farm. Uh, it was around Advent, so it was cold. I lived in Chicago at that time, so it was really cold. It wasn't California cold. <clears throat> and I'm in there, and I go in the, in the barn, and I could smell, again, the, uh, the, the urine-soaked hay, the animal smells, and it just, again, brought me deeper in the sense of going, why in the world, God, why would you choose to come in a place such as this? If I were God... It would have been the capital city, the palace preferably. Well, if I'm going to go to this obscure place in Bethlehem, well, at least the inn where it could be warm and comfortable. Why would God do that? It's an incredible thing. When I was younger, I was deathly afraid of the dark. Um, I mean, deathly afraid of the dark. I would just tremble whenever my parents would say, I need you to go downstairs and get something out of the basement. And I would plead with them. I would beg them, please do not let me go down there. Someone keeps shooting me. Um, after that thing fell down over there, I'm going like, okay, let's, let me make sure everything's okay here. Uh, is it the mic? All right. All right. So I was I was deathly afraid of uh, of the dark, and I would plead and beg. I would pray to God; He wouldn't listen to me. My parents would send me down there anyway. And I think part of it was that they said, "You know, you need to face the fact that there are no monsters, there are no boogeymen, there's no dangers down in the dark. It's our home, it's our basement." But I was convinced I had the sixth sense. You see. Like in the movie, The Sixth Sense, where little Cole says, I see dead people everywhere. Well, I saw monsters everywhere in the dark. I was convinced that there was someone going to either kidnap me or maim me or, or kill me. And so it was, this, it was a real palpable terror that I felt. But they would make me go down. And just because I'm standing here today telling you this story does not mean that there were no boogeymen or monsters in that basement. It just means that I was very, very afraid and I was extremely fast. Uh, but the dark does scare us. Whenever we can't see the way, wherever we can't know and control what's going on, it terrorizes us. And I think the beauty of this story that we celebrate every year is that God chose to come and be with us here, right in the middle of the darkness. Advent reveals that what we perceive as the enemy, darkness, is now it's, it, it is Simon and Garfunkel's Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. That there's a gift in darkness that brings us, if we'll, stay in that place long enough with Jesus, it brings us home. And so what are some of the practices or the invitations? Well, first, I think the practice of Advent calls us to see the darkness not as an enemy but as a friend who comes to guide us beneath the surface and beneath all the, the superficiality of our lives and the scrambling of our lives and the busyness of our lives Oftentimes, the busyness that we get involved in is to distract us from really feeling what's going on inside. 
And this darkness invites us and says, don't escape. Come, come, discover something. This is the law, the deepest longing of our human hearts, I believe, are held here. And oftentimes we think it's the superficial stuff we go for. St. Ignatius says that we are born of love, we are born out of love, and we are born for love, for union with God. And that is the deepest longing of the human heart. To know that we belong, to know that we are seen, to know that we are known. Secondly, Advent shows us that rich growth happens in the dark. I've been meeting with a uh, 40-plus uh, young man who, uh, who's moving from career to career to career. And in the struggle over the past six years that we've been getting together is that he can't find and land on what he feels is satisfying. And he just struggles, and he struggles with depression, and he struggles with concern, and going, I just don't think I fit, I don't think I fit. And I said, well, Wing, what would it be like to sit in the discomfort and ask maybe the deeper questions? So what is it that doesn't fit? It feels like there's no job out there, no career that's going to satisfy. So what is it that you're really longing to be satisfied? And just this last week, a little community group got together and he shared with the guys as we were waiting together. He says, you know what I've discovered? is that I've been running and trying to prove myself. And that was the drive. Trying to prove myself to my dad because I felt like I wasn't enough. And so nothing made me satisfied enough. And then I recognized one time when I was sitting in the darkness, and that's what he used, the darkness of my loneliness. He says, I learned that I was the beloved of God that God sees me like my father couldn't see me, that God loves me like my father couldn't love me. Oh, he wanted the best for me, but he couldn't love me. He always wanted me to be something that I wasn't. And so the growth began for him in that darkness. Rich growth happens in the darkness. Joan Chitterser says, darkness deserves gratitude. She says, it's the alleluia point which we learn to understand that all growth does not take place in the sun life. All growth does not take place in the sunlight, that there's growth that happens in the darkness. That's the gift of Advent, is saying, no, here's where it happens. Can you come? The third gift of Advent urges us to not rush for artificial lighting to expel the fear of darkness. Uh, to not rush to get out of it, the discomfort of it. There's two gals that um, I've had the privilege again to kind of walk through their journey. Dale, a number of years ago, lost her husband. And for the longest time after that, she just felt like she was in this dark hole. And she says, you know, I pray that God will take me. I don't know why God keeps me here. And every time I saw her, it was the same thing. You know, I don't know why, Don. I don't know why... God has me here. And I said, well, Dale, what is it like to kind of sit in that place and ask God, okay, God, I don't want to be here. I want to be home. But where are you? Can you meet me here? And I remember one day showing up at her place, and uh, all of a sudden she looked very different. And I'm going, what happened? And she says, i got to tell you this. 
I was sitting there complaining to God, kind of depressed in my day. And then there was a knock at my door. And my neighbor came over and said, hey, uh, could you spend some time with me? And she says, well, yeah, what, what for? And the gal says, well, I, I just, I'm feeling kind of lonely and I just, I would like someone to, to walk with or to talk with or whatever. And what emerged out of there was this gal who was looking for someone and Dale discovering, because she would say, why does God keep me here? And I said, you know, maybe Dale, this is why you're here. And her life has really shifted around to see, you know, every day. Her practices, God, I want to see where you are, where you're showing up in my life. What is it that I need to discover? Another gal, 92 years old, just lost her husband a few weeks ago. And the uh, same kind of a story. And we're walking through this and the, my heart breaks for her loss and her pain. Uh, she says, I cry at night. I've got caregivers that are here. I keep saying, and, and her bitterness is going, I don't understand why God tortures me like this. And I said, well, you know, this is a mystery to me. I do not have any answers for it. I says, but perhaps God wants to meet you right here. I don't know why. I do know the scripture says that every day that we live is, is written in the book. So we're not going any earlier or, or later than we're supposed to. There's a time. So what's it like? Well, my kids are saying, Mom, you got to stop this. you got to be more positive. And I said, no, Joe, you need to feel what you're feeling. And then invite Jesus to sit with you in your feeling of loss. You're grieving right now. You need to let this grief metabolize. You need to, you need to feel this and allow Jesus to, to do that work in you so that you can experience his love, his presence. This is part of the human journey. Suffering comes, darkness comes, disappointments come. The unexpected comes. The gift of Advent is that God's not there just to rescue us in every situation, but to be with us in our suffering, to be with us in this journey, because God is always working our deeper longing to know God more intimately to be known and seen more intimately by God and to live this life as gift that he's given us. The gift of Advent, lastly, summons us to prepare our hearts and minds to receive the Holy Christ child. And what I mean by that is, is receiving Christ in maybe a new way. Not, not for salvation, but there's a way that you can know in, in my head, and I think theologically this is one of the, the difficulties that we face as Christians in the church, is we know all the Bible answers, or many of them anyway. But the translation of the experience of God and God's presence is not there. And so when we hit these places of darkness where we feel so alone and so desperate, no theological answer is going to hold us. We need more than that. We need the very living presence of Christ to be with us in that. So it's opening ourselves in a different way to seeing, um, grounded in the biblical narrative, and then responding to God's invitation. God 
first of all, does his best work in the dark. Can I take you back to creation? Where did creation start? Where did it start? In the dark. It was darkness and void. And the picture there is this brooding, the Holy Spirit brooding, like a mother hen, like a mother bird, over this creation. And it was going, wow. I mean, that startled me when I first thought of it. That what God created first, there was the void and the darkness. And then everything in order came out of that. And then I'm wondering, is there a parallel? That God in the darkness of Genesis that brings life to this world and creation, this life that began, is Christ coming in the darkness, the Holy Spirit brooding over humanity to bring the recreation, the new creation here available to us. Romans 5 says that while we were still weak, while we were still sinners, while we were enemies, Ephesians 2 says, while we were still dead in our sins, because of God's great love, that's where he met us. He didn't wait. He didn't wait until we came. God came into our darkness. Secondly, God is with us in the dark. Isaiah 7.14, the prophet 700 years before Jesus came, said, listen, I want you to understand this, that his name is Emmanuel. God chose that name. And that name was chosen for you so that you would know that I am with you. Other passages, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God is with you. You walk through the, the waters. You walk through the fire. I am with you. I will never leave you. That's the beauty of the Advent lens. So you may be in this place right now today where you're going, I'm really struggling and this is hard. And I feel alone and I feel like there's no answers. I'm feeling desperate right now. But we recall the Advent story. We recall creation story. And we remember, God says, I will never leave you. And so we sit and we wait and we ask, Jesus, would you show your presence to me? Jesus, will you draw me close to you right now? Thirdly, God knows and loves us completely. And he sees clearly. He sees clearly who we are. I love this Translation of Psalm 139, and I would like to just read it to you this morning. And this is the message in the darkness. Lord, you have searched me and known me. You understand everything that I do. You are closer to me than my thoughts. You see through my selfishness and my weaknesses into my inmost self. There is not one corner of my mind that you do not know completely. You are present before me, behind me, and you hold me in the palm of your hand. Such knowledge is too awesome to grasp. So deep that I cannot fathom it. Where can I go from your spirits? Where can I flee from your presence? If I take the wings of the morning and fly to the ends of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. And your spirit will give me strength. How measureless your mind is, Lord. It contains inconceivable worlds. 
and is vaster than space, than time. If I ever tried to fathom it, I would be like a child counting the grains of sand on a beach. Search me, Lord. Test me to the depths of my inmost heart. Isn't that beautiful? And here David knew darkness. David wrote this psalm knowing and experiencing the darkness and the loneliness, but yet the faithfulness of God and being seen and known. That is the Advent promise here, is to know that even though it feels like you're alone or not seen by maybe even the closest ones you live with, that the expectations that come, God says, no, I see who you truly are. I see who you truly are. And then, fourthly, we're invited by God to return, to repent, and to rest, to be still, and to trust. Another beautiful passage, Isaiah 30:15. just a couple weeks ago, in one of my darknesses, this came to me. And I was frantic with trying to go, and you know, I'm feeling really anxious, and I've got to, I always go to my thinking. You know, what's the plan B? How do I work this out? Okay, I've got to trust you, God, but how do I have to work it out? Oh, yeah, Lord, you want me to do How do I work that out? And so I'm going. And in the daily readings that day, this passage came up. And I read it, and I chuckled. And I said, okay, God. Um, I didn't hear an audible voice, but you're talking to me particularly. And then four days later, which rarely ever happens in the lectionary, open the, open the book. I'm expecting a new passage of Scripture, and it's Isaiah 30, 15. I'm going, all right, that's another thing. I suffer from attention, spiritual attention deficit disorder. Uh, and so God's saying, hey, I, I know that was four days ago, Dad. Here, come back. And this was it. This is what the sovereign Lord, and I love that. So sovereign, he's control, he's above everything. He has got it, folks. He has got you. The Holy One of Israel. It's very personal. You can put your name. The Holy One of Don Ferris. The Holy One of Dan, the Holy One of June, says, Only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength, but you would have none of it. And then the message translated, God, the Master, the Holy of Israel, has a solemn counsel. Your salvation requires you to turn back to me and to stop your silly efforts to save yourself. Your strength will come from settling down in complete dependence on me, the very thing you've been unwilling to do. Later on, verse 17 talks about them saying, okay, you know, we're going to go to Egypt and we're going to get these fast horses because they were being pursued, Israel at that time. And God, again, chuckling says, I think he was chuckling, um, say, oh yeah, really? You're going to get fast horses from Egypt? Well, just understand that you can't outrun your enemy because they'll have fast horses too. So good luck. You can go look at it. It's, it's a powerful little passage. But I've chuckled because I'm going, Don, that's, that's you. In the darkness, you're scrambling to find those horses, those resources from Egypt. That was your old life of enslavement. That was your old life of independence. And you keep going back there thinking you're going to outrun whatever it is that's pursuing you. God say, no, no, this is it. In returning to me and resting in me, in the dark, you will be saved. 
in quietness and confidence in the trust in me. Not you. Not your circumstances. Trust in me will be your strength. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. That's the gift that God gives us in the dark. So Advent calls us to wait patiently in the not seeing so that we can participate in this new creation. So I would suggest that in those places of discomfort or disappointment, there's always something new that God is wanting to birth. Always something new that God is wanting to deepen in our lives. And he does that for our joy, which we talked about today, and for the blessing of the world and the healing of the world. Henry Nouwen writes, A waiting person is patient person. The word patient means the willingness to stay where we are and live, in the, situa- live the situation out to the full in the belief that something hidden there will manifest itself to us. Impatient people are always expecting the real thing to happen somewhere else and therefore want to go elsewhere. The moment is empty, but patient people dare to stay where they are. Patient living means to live actively in the present and to wait there. Waiting, then, is not passive. It is... It involves nurturing the moment as a mother nurtures the child that is growing in her womb. That's the beauty and the gift of Advent, folks, is God wants to come to us and wants to birth in us this new life, new dimensions of our life for our joy and for the blessing of the world. So can we wait? Can we be still? You as a church, CLC, are in one of those periods again. And it can get scary. It it is the darkness. What fears arise for you in this darkness? You as a body of Christ, I believe, are invited into the waiting. For what? Active waiting. For what? For your joy and for the blessing of the world. God has called you here. God has placed this body of Christ, this expression of his church here in Santa Cruz for such a time as this. It looks dark right now. It looks scary. We don't know what we're going to do. We don't know who's going to be there, who the leaders, you know, all that stuff we go. I understand that fully. So the invitation for you is will you, as Isaiah said, will you return and rest? Will you be quiet and trust? Will you stay in the Advent with your longing? Lord, come. Come bless us again. Come renew us again. Do the work that we need to. Maybe again, Lord, we need to see something that we're not seeing right now. So here's some questions in closing that I'd like you to just to take some time. Hopefully, these tech guys are really great. So hopefully, they've worked this miracle of playing a song and looking at a slide at the same time. Uh, so, the song by the piano guys is called O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And I'd just like to invite you here to, to look at these questions and allow it to percolate. You could take a screenshot of this, take a picture, uh, write these down, because to me these questions are something that you maybe we want to take home because you're not going to have time this morning. We're not going to stay for a number of hours. We just got five minutes. 
to just sit and pray. Notice where you're drawn to. Maybe notice what question you're drawn to. And just sit with that. And then partway through, um, they'll put up this, uh, this slide, Psalm 23. And uh, you can pray with that.
The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. There's hope in Advent because God is with us in the darkness. There's peace in Advent because God is with us in the darkness. There's even joy, very different than happiness, but there's joy, surprises of joy in Advent because God is with us in Advent. And there's love in Advent because God, who is love, is with us in Advent. And the other beautiful thing is that he is bringing all things, he is bringing all things into the newness of life. Isaiah 43, Isaiah tells the children of Israel who are struggling, saying, don't hold on to the old former things. That's happened. It's not bad. But don't grab on to them. Don't go to the nostalgia. He says, I am doing a new thing. Don't you perceive it? That's the invitation today. Is trusting that God has you, he sees you, he knows you, and he's saying, you haven't really seen yourself like I see you yet, so come on, let's go, will you? And it starts in the waiting and being, like Henry Nowen said, actively present where you are and inviting Jesus. Help me see you. Help me feel your touch. Help me be with you. When I don't have any of that, help me to trust Let me close in prayer. So Lord, you know everyone's story here today. You know those places, Lord, of pain, of disappointment, of longing and waiting, discouragement. Um, Lord, I pray that you would meet them exactly where they are. I know you're already there. I pray that you would open their eyes to be able to see you there. Open their hearts that they would be able to experience you there. And for this congregation, in this time of waiting and hoping and trusting, I pray that you would uh, allow not only the leadership, but every active member of the congregation to engage, Lord, in that Advent prayer with you. Saying, Lord, we're here. We're waiting. I love Mary's comment. Let everything you've said about us
become true. Lord, what's your hope for us? What is your desire for us? We've lived our lives in so many ways trying to meet other people's expectations and even some of our own manufactured expectations that have come out of fear. What are your desires for us? Who do you see? Let us see that. And may the God of Advent and Christmas morning bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, and give you peace or shalom. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless. Thank you.